Welcome to the Well Woman Show, where we use intersectional feminism, mindfulness, leadership, and strategy to support smart women to change the world without anxiety, insecurity, and burnout. Through that lens of wanting my kids to be safe, wanting my kids to have opportunities, wanting my children to be seen and be able to use their voice in the world it really does create an urgency for me. On the show, we challenge the status quo and support you to unlearn harmful messages that keep you playing small so you can activate your superpowers and live with joy, confidence, and ease. Hello, hello. I'm your host, Giovanni Rossi. I hope you're all staying healthy and well. I have a few things for you today, including a guided activity at the end of the show to release 2021 and power up for 2022. Make sure to listen to the end of the show for this powerful guided activity. Today on the show, I interview Dr. Tracy Baxley, professor, consultant, parenting coach, mother to five biracial children, creator of social justice parenting, and author of Social Justice Parenting, How to Raise Compassionate, Anti-Racist, Justice-Minded Kids in an Unjust World. An educator for over 30 years with degrees in child development, elementary education, and curriculum and instruction, she specializes in diversity and inclusion, anti-bias curriculum, and social justice education. On the show, you'll learn a quick tool you can use right away with your kids and family members how belonging is at the center of social justice parenting, and one thing to do before a challenging conversation or meeting. But before we go to the interview, I want to share a project I've been working on with a local Girl Scouts troop. It's actually my daughter's Girl Scouts troop, and I have the great privilege and honor of working with this group of fourth and fifth graders who are working on a project to raise awareness about energy efficiency and protecting the earth. They're earning a leadership award related to energy energy, how they can energize themselves and also save energy to help the planet. In this project, they've conducted experiments, talked with local climate reporter Laura Pascas, created an energy pledge, and wrote and recorded a public service announcement. Here's their message. We want to conserve energy for future generations. We want to save the world so we have a planet to live on. We may not be Wonder Woman, but we can help save the world. Here are some things you can do to help. Recycle plastic, paper, and cardboard. Turn off lights. Turn down the thermostat and use more blankets. Don't use the dishwasher. Use the sink. Recycle. Go play outside. When you're done using something, turn it off. Eat less meat. Ride your bike or take the bus. When you're done using something, turn it off. Don't use the dishwasher. Use the sink. Play with your friends and siblings instead of playing on a device. Turn off water when you're done washing your hands. Use electric cars if you can. We want to conserve energy for future generations. Turn off the sink and TV. We want to save the world so we have a planet to live on. Install solar panels. This message was provided by the Girl Scouts of Chip 103573. For more on their project, look for their PSA in Zounds, KUNM's monthly radio highlights. All the information shared today can be found at the show notes at wellwomanlife.com slash radio. The Well Woman Show is thankful for support from the Well Woman Academy at wellwomanlife.com slash academy. I'm speaking with Dr. Tracy Baxley. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Giovanna. Thank you for having me. It's so great to have you. And I am interested in just having you share with listeners, who are you in the world today? 
Dr. Baxley? Yes, I, I guess I always start with being a mother. That's the most important role in my life. And I am also a professor and a consultant, and I work with families and organizations and corporations on all things belonging. Um, I do a lot of diversity and inclusion work, anti-racist parenting work, and hoping to support families as they are working on how to create belonging in their homes or workplaces, really to make the world better. Yes. And you talk a lot about belonging, and we'll get into some of that. But I I just want to comment and ask you, you started out with describing yourself first and foremost as a mother. And I I just think that's so interesting and admirable because I, I feel like a lot of professional women are pressured to not have that be a primary identity. It's very true. And I often tell the story that I must have had four kids at the time. I'm not sure if I had the fifth one at that point, but in my academic world, I think I was at a conference and I said something about being a mother of multiple children and a gentleman colleague came to me and said, you shouldn't say how many children that you have because it makes you look less like a serious scholar and researcher, uh, which I found very offensive. But I think what you're saying is true, right? We are made to separate our identities in certain spaces. And I don't feel comfortable doing that anymore. Yeah. And you you and other people and, and me and, and a lot of us are, are redefining that because we're pressured by these kinds of questions from people that hold power. We're pressured to conform to their idea of, of what is acceptable, right? And so thank you for sharing that. I once had a an editor I was writing for a publication and, and the editor removed from my bio that, that I was a mother. Wow. <laughs> yes, it was incredible. So just to say for listeners, really owning and claiming your identity is really part of, of what we're doing here in the Well Woman Life community. And so thank you for really bringing that up to the forefront. I want to ask you, what are you working on? I know you do a lot in social justice work and diversity work, and you have a new book. What are you working on that impacts the lives and well-being of all people, a diversity of people? Yeah, I think the book is the present project, right? But I think my whole platform of what I'm passionate about and the work that I do is about changing the world in ways that we are all more compassionate and more kind and more understanding to our differences. And I think, I feel like if I if I support families, one family at a time or one corporation at a time, that it can have ripple effects and how those people that I'm working with show up in different spaces and places. So I think all of what I do um, is really centered around how we can create a village of people who really care deeply for each other. Okay. And the the lens that you are doing that through right now is through your work with, with parents, right? Can you talk a little bit about why this book right now? Book is Social Justice Parenting, How to Raise Compassionate, Anti-Racist, Justice-Minded Kids in an Unjust World. Yeah, I think all of it goes back to our original conversation, right? About everything that I do really stems from me being a mother. And as a mother, my children are biracial. My husband is white and I'm black. But, you know, we raise our children to really know what being black in the world looks like. And through that lens of wanting my kids to 
be safe, the wanting my kids to have opportunities, wanting my children to be seen and being able to use their voice in the world, it really does create an urgency for me to do the work and do the work more broadly. So as a professor, I teach multicultural education, diversity in the classroom, but what I saw was that was a little bit limited and I wanted to make sure the message that I sent my platform was, was bigger than me teaching future teachers. And so that's really when I started doing the work, working with parents, because I really feel like I can teach teachers what to do and what to say and how to show up for their students. But there's a lot of, as we see right now, a lot of politics that um, determine how much and what teachers can do. But, you know, when we start from in the homes and we think about the way that we're raising our children before they even get to the schools, I think it have, can have greater impact on who these children become, obviously, when they grow up in the world. So what is social justice parenting? And I know that's a very big question, but just if you can hone in on that for listeners and what are the possibilities for parents at home considering all of the other pressures and time limitations that busy working parents have, what can parents actually do? Yeah, if I can narrow that term, social social justice parenting, kind of in a nutshell, it's, it's just a way to be intentional and purposeful in the way that we're raising our kids, raising children who are more compassionate, more kind, and who believe in um, the power of activism or showing up for other people. That's kind of the nutshell of what social justice parenting is. And I think it's not something that takes up more space and time in, in, in our busy schedule, schedules. It's just a way that we're showing up. Like, are we showing up in a reflective state, right? Thinking about who I am, what I'm bringing to the table and how I can um, pass down the things that are, are positive in my life to my kids. How are we having open dialogue and conversations with our children about what's important, creating these core values in our homes that um, will help guide our children. So it's nothing really extra. It's just the way to be intentional about what we're pouring into our children. I love that. And I, I love how you talk about creating space for belonging at home helps you create belonging in the world. That's really what what you're trying to do here and by starting at home. And there like you said, you you were working with teachers and there there are so many entry points, right? And but you have settled on let's start in the home because that's where we can make a, a big impact right now. So can you talk a little bit more about that? I think the turning point for a lot of particularly moms because that's where I work with mostly moms, 98% of the people that I work with are moms. I think the death of George Floyd really was a turning point for a lot of moms to start to be more thoughtful in what was going on in their homes because it impacts, you know, the kids that we we put out into the world. And I think the last couple of years, a lot of parents who were not really thinking in terms of how the way they parent impacts let's say my children, but I think more and more parents are really starting to say, what do I need to do differently? How do I need to show up for my children in order to make sure that your children are safe and heard? So because more more parents are willing to do the work around that, it's become a bigger platform for me in terms of having an audience who really are asking the hard questions, who are starting to move beyond the fear of having the the tough conversations with their children and to really unpacking what they know and what they don't know and the openness and vulnerability to to learn. And 
Dr. Beckley, can you share one or two concrete things that people could start doing right away? Like I know you do a lot around reflection, compassion, and that those are topics that we focus on a lot in, in the Well Woman community. Would you like to share anything specific with parents that they could start doing right away? Yeah, the, the one thing that I think is really important for families to do is to create core values. And I don't mean just like in your mind said these things are important to us. I really mean the idea of sitting down with your kids or if you have very, very young kids, sitting down with your partner or your village of people who are raising your children and say, what are the things that are the most important to us that our children walk away into the world knowing to be true? and knowing what's important. Coming up with four, three, four, five core values that are important that really become the legacy of what what you're leaving for your children, I think is a really important grounding place to start because often when we get busy in the world or things don't go according to plan or things go wrong, these core values, I look at them as kind of like a GPS, right? They get us back on track. And if our children are going out in the world and they know what our core values are, because we've written them down, we've talked about them, they're aware of them, we recite them, we call each other on them when we're off task or out of uh, alignment, then I think it gives our kids a way to always you know, kind of come back home or come back centered. So I think that's one important thing to do with our families that doesn't take a lot of time, but it involves everybody in a way that it creates more conversations in our homes. Yeah. And it's so interesting because it's such a basic thing to do, right? But yeah, simple, like you said, simple thing to do. But I, I can imagine that there's very few people have actually intentionally done that and that's a great tool for listeners to go to go on with and do. And it, it really helps, like once you have those core values in place, it helps with navigating issues or challenges that come up through the, throughout the day or the week because you can always refer back to your core. Yes. It's like a grounding, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. And it regulates my behavior. So if I'm screaming at my kid about something, I am conscious, okay, these core, how does this align with our core values? You know, that this is not the household that I want my kids to come out of. So it makes me more mindful when I'm out of alignment and how I need to get back. Okay, I'm speaking with Dr. Tracy Baxley author of Social Justice Parenting, and we'll be right back. Whether you're just starting your journey or you've been on it for months or even years, the Well Woman Jumpstart is a great place to begin. You might want to know, what's the outcome? How will I benefit from this? If you want to reach the income, impact, or intimacy goals you have, you can jump right in with this awesome jumpstart. You'll learn what your unique superpower is, which is super important for everything else you'll be working on in your life. You'll learn proven tools to address your particular challenge. You'll get real clarity about your life and your big goals and challenges. And you'll get to talk to me, Giovanna, one-on-one, and I'll give you feedback and insight specifically on your goal or challenge. If you're ready to jump in, go to wellwomanlife.com slash jumpstart. We're back on the Well Woman Show with Dr. Tracy Baxley, and we're headed into the segment called Superpowers for Success. And Dr. Baxley, I'm going to ask you a few Quick questions to really allow listeners to get to know you as a leader and as a professional mother. The first question is, what does success in life mean to you? I think success means that you're grounded and that you are showing compassion and kindness for others. I think when we are 
part of this idea of a village and we are supporting each other in our growth and in our learning and in our actions. To me, that is successful. Love that. And when did you know you were really good at what you do? Ooh, that's a great question. I have always had, <laughs> since for a little since a little girl, really knowing that this idea of belonging was something important to me. I always wanted everybody to feel good about being in a space. When I was in, in my early 20s as a classroom teacher, I always gravitated toward those kids who didn't fit in or needed a little bit more support. So I think being an empath, maybe this idea of belonging was something that was always in me that I've now learned to use it you know, more as a superpower for myself and, and what I do in my, in my daily work. Yes, because sometimes uh, those things that we're naturally really good at, we can also see the, the downside, right? Where you focus too much on other people, you know, those kinds of things. And so you have found this great place where you can use it as your strength. Yes, definitely. Can you describe a personal habit that contributes to your well-being so you can do everything that you do in the world? I think prayer, meditation, and I also do affirmation cards every day. I have my kids also we have decks of affirmation cards. And before they leave for the day, they all pull one. I pull one. I have a deck in my office that so whenever I am feeling a little bit off, you know, I will grab one of those affirmation cards to, to reground me. And your kids do them too. Yes. I have kid okay. versions that they do, you know, before they leave, leave the house every day for school. Okay. And you kind of alluded to this before, but what superpower did you discover you had only to realize it was there all the time? I think it's being an empath. I would get so overwhelmed by my emotions and feelings for other people where it would like physically make me sick. And I've used, now I realize being an empath is really at the core of the work that I do. And I've learned to see that as a gift and not something that challenges me. And what do you do when you do have a challenge? Like something challenges you and sort of knocks you down or knocks you off track. How do you get back into your power? I think my faith, right? My spirituality is really um, a big part of my, of my life. And I also have a real core group of girlfriends and sisters that I share, you know, my downs and my wins with that really help guide me. So I think between my spiritual practice and my core inner circle, I think are both really helpful in keeping me grounded or helping me walk through things that I may feel overwhelmed by. Okay. And what advice would you give your younger self, say your 25 or 30 year old self? I would say to not give up, to use that empath and your need for people to belong as something as, as something um, positive, like it's going to work out for you. Keep leaning into that and don't allow people because people used to say to me, you're too, you're too emotional. You, you, you're not rational with your thinking, right? You need to um, not be so emotional. And um, I would tell myself to ignore that and to lean into it more. Okay. And do you identify as a feminist? I do. I do. Yes. I think it, it means that, I think the first thing it means to me is that supporting women across the board, right? I think sometimes certain groups of women are often left out of the conversation. So I think it's really important when we talk about feminism, we're, we're looking at trans women, women of color, and that we're, everybody's included in, in, the, in the talk around women's rights, women's equality. And I think it means that allowing women the chance, the, sp the space, the voice, right? To be heard, to see women's knowledge 
and their experiences as real. Um, and that should be part of the conversation and, and, and normalized in our society. And how have you had to navigate that throughout your own career and you're developing your your professor and all of the rest of it? How have you had to navigate that? Yeah, I think one thing that that I have this really great group of colleagues, there's four of us. And before we go into meetings, before any big decisions are made, the four of us get together to map out what the meeting is going to look like for us. How are we going to support each other in that? How do we lean in? Uh, when one person is saying one thing. So having other women who have the same ideas to really kind of band together and create a, a force, it has been really important. And then the other thing I think, just as a Black woman, really allowing and supporting other Black women who are coming up after me to have a space and to help mentor and guide. I love both of those, but I just want to touch on the first one, lining up allies before you have your, you know, important discussions and meetings. That That is so smart and a great takeaway for, for people. And so people who hold power generally have been, you know, white men historically. They have had no problem doing that, right? In various, yes. in various ways um, that are seen and, and unseen. And so you're calling out like, like we, we can do that too. And we can organize ourselves and, and go ahead and do it. Absolutely. And, and we've had to do it in ways that we knew certain males in our college or department would take over the conversation. And so because we know the dynamics you know, around us, we would even plan when you say this and he says that, I'm going to come in with this. So we, we, we literally have a plan going so that the conversation that we're trying to have is a conversation that's being had, or if one of us needs to make a point that the other one supports it and backs it up so that it's heard more than once. Um, and it's been very effective. Yeah, that's great. That's such a great example of, of putting that into practice and how to, how to do that in your workplace. And Dr. Baxley, what are you reading right now? What is on your nightstand? I just finished Tarana Burke's book on her. Oh, yes, it's so good. Um, and now, right now, I have On Being Human. It's up next for me. And okay. that's Jen Pakaloff. On Being Human. Okay, we're going to uh, link to those in our show notes so that people can see what you're reading. Okay. And the last thing I want to ask you is what is next for you? What do you see you're going to be doing? in the near future, you know, next year and beyond? That's a, that's a great question. <laughs> Things are evolving right now since the launch of the book, which was in October. So I'm getting a lot of, which I'm really excited about, actually. I'm getting a lot of corporate clients who want me to do social justice parenting with their employees. Yes. So that has been a really nice surprise that more organizations and corporations really want to support their employees as parents. So I'm hoping to do more of that. Yeah, yeah. That's been such a pleasant surprise. Yeah, because for a a long time now, corporations have supported, you know, employees with like leadership training or those kinds of things, but rarely going into uh, their personal lives. They're they're big companies. It's not even small businesses or their corporations. I think the pandemic has helped with that too, right? Because we're on the phone or on Zoom calls and our kids are walking behind us or you hear the dogs. And I think it really has humanized people in their identities more. And leaders are now seeing the need to support their employees as as humans. 
right? Yes. And that includes being being parents or caregivers. Absolutely. I love that. That's a great place to leave this. And we will be looking out for your next work. And thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Now, you may be feeling pressured to make a vision board or create a plan for 2022, but I'm here to give you permission to slow down, take a breath, and let's release 2021 before we power up for 2022. You can actually take all of January to do this. I want you to ease into the new year and not feel like you must start crushing goals. So I'm going to lead you through this guided activity, and it's four steps to... Uh, release 2021 and power up for 2022. First, we're going to reflect on 2021. And you can take some time to do this. Come back to this recording later. You can go to wellwomanlife.com slash 275 show. So reflecting on 2021, what did you do that most felt like yourself? Where were you and what were you doing when you felt most in your power? What were you doing in your most powerful place? And so jot those things down and really reflect on where you felt like you were most in your power and you felt most like yourself. This is going to be a clue to you for where to focus for 2022. Second, let's celebrate. Celebrate the wins, small and large. And for some people, just maintaining and managing and getting through 2021 is a celebration, right? So write all that down. Write all of your wins down. What are you celebrating? And find someone to celebrate with. If it's your partner, a friend, you know, share share these celebrations with somebody. It's really important. The third is to release 2021. So what are the things that you want to let go of? put behind you. These can be projects. These can be people, relationships that you want to release. Things that are taking your energy that are not serving you. And so just really releasing all of that. And so really spend some time journaling on this and then deciding what are the three to five things, or maybe you have more, that you would like to release and not take with you into this next year. And fourth and finally is power up. So this is where we've reflected, we've celebrated, we've released, and now we're powering up with a big vision for what you have for your life. It's a vision that could be so exciting and big that you're almost afraid to say it out loud. If that's the case, then I want to encourage you to say it out loud. Say it now, write it down. If you can imagine it, you can create it. It might be outside your comfort zone and that's okay. You'll get there by articulating it and identifying resources you need to support yourself to get there. Resources can include practical resources, emotional resources, and also skills building resources. So this was just a short guided activity for you to release 2021 and power up for 2022. If you want to uh, learn more about this process or engage more with the community on this, contact me or you can go to the Well Woman Academy. We do a lot of this work in the Well Woman Academy and I look forward to seeing you next time. 
That's it for our show today. Remember, if you need support to live your well woman life, head over to wellwomanlife.com slash Facebook to join our community. As a reminder, we are on NPR every week. So be sure to tune in at npr.org slash podcasts and search for The Well Woman Show. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a moment and subscribe and leave a review. This helps raise visibility, which is super helpful when it comes to producing the show every week. For feedback, comments, or just to let me know you were listening, find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Well Woman Life. I'm Giovanna Rossi for The Well Woman Show. Until next time, have a super powerful week.